Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. This is a week for traditions. Now, last time I had a turkey, it was when they were having a $2 special. Morning hard dogs about three years ago. Food, family, and football stuff. Hey, your sister, you sure your sister knows I'm coming? Yeah, 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 she's very excited. This is a Rivalry Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by P.G. Long, your Northwest foreign experts. Online at pglongllc.com. Danny and Dusty on Portland's Turkey Bowl on the radio. 1080. Want the bird? Go in the alley and eat the bird. The fan. Hour number three here on Danny and Dusty. It's time to get our picks in because it's a Wednesday and we won't be here for Thursday. So <laughs> let's get this going because we got Georgie coming on here at 2.15. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, cue the music, Maestro. I'll go first. I'll get this thing started. Uh, my first game, I'm going uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Minus one and a half at the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud has been amazing. I trust that the uh, Jags, they've got to win this game to keep pace, man. They're 7-3. and three. This is a huge game in the AFC South standings. I trust Jacksonville as a team more. Give me Jacksonville. Yeah, I think we're all going to end up riding that one. Jeff Russ, you're taking your, your Jaguars there as yes, well? Yes, sir, I am. All right, so that's that's pick number one out for hey, all of us. Dusty, bring pick. us back. All right, number two, uh, my second game here. I'm going to go... I don't tr- I don't feel great about this, but it's the Matt Canada boost. It's the Steelers. Mm. I'm taking the Steelers minus minus one and a half at Cincinnati because I trust Pittsburgh's defense against Jake Browning. Yeah, right. That this one, is that the one big feels one. Too easy. So it's, I stayed away from it's it. against <laughs> Jake Browning. They are on the road. They've given us no reason to think that they're going to be good offensively. The Pittsburgh Steelers, but in Pickett, I trust. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Yeath. What you got, Rusty? Uh, I'm going to go with our Thanksgiving games here. So uh, we've got the Packers at the Lions. The Lions are seven and a half point favorites. The Packers, look, they got a, they got a gift uh, given to them by the Chargers. I don't think the Lions are going to do the same thing, even though they almost lost to the Bears. But mm. give me the Lions minus seven and a half. That, that part's true. Yeah. I, I'm going to do something very stupid. Um, 
But there's just something about this Browns team that I like. That their defense is incredible. Give me the Browns plus one and a half at the Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a road dog. <laughs> Give me the Browns plus one and a half. Oh, Browns plus one and a half. I'm going to go with... Uh, Mac has a noodle arm. In the New England Patriots, minus three and a half at the Giants. Mm. This uh, is my heart. This isn't anything else. I just I can't. I can't because if the Patriots lose to this New York Giants team, Cooley will let you have it. God. <laughs> so I have to. <laughs> what you got, Rust? Uh, 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 another Thanksgiving game, the Commanders at the Cowboys. Look, I'm breaking one of my own rules, and that is I never pick for or against a, uh, a handful of teams, one of those being the Cowboys. But mm. it's Thanksgiving, uh, and I know I'm going to regret this as most of my picks I've regretted the last couple of weeks. Give me the Cowboys minus 12 and a half. No. No. Strong no. That's such like, a huge yeah. number. No. 12 and a half. That's really big. Yeah. Well, that's how long uh, 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 Sam Howell likes to run around in the backfield before he throws the ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you compensating for your drop page by going with this very large spread? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to take the Bucks plus two and a half of the Colts. That, again, is, ladies and gentlemen, a road dog. <laughs> I'm riding the dogs this weekend, man. Okay. May, uh, maybe the Colts get that Shaq Leonard bump where mm. addition by subtraction. Yay. Uh, Ravens Chargers is over under at 48 and a half. I've watched the Chargers play defense. I think the Ravens should score 48 and a half on their own. Hey. Yeah. They could get a half point somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> but if Justin Herbert uh, tacks on a couple of touchdowns and it's 35 to 14, that's a winner. <laughs> that's damn. Win a winner, chicken dinner. Uh, tomorrow night's finale uh, the Niners at the Seahawks. Look, Gino. The Seahawks look terrible with Drew Locke in there, and we don't know exactly how good Geno's elbow is going to be. He was front and center during practice. Today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it all depends on swelling and pain, but still, give me the Niners minus seven and a half on the road. The offense was ripping. Mm. I'm going to take the Raiders plus eight and a half against the Chiefs. The Raiders. Look, I have a thing. I don't lines that are bigger than six and a half. Either Raiders. way, it's it's something. It's like. I am going to take the eight and a half because I had a big spread. The Dolphins have a better offense than the Chiefs, and the Raiders were with, with had a chance to tie it to close the game. So even though I think the Raiders suck something fierce, I think they'll cover eight and a half. All right. My final one, I'm going 49ers minus seven and a half at Seattle. You jacked up or what? Yeah, I am jacked up yeah. a little bit. Uh, that's a big line, a but big line. for the reason – that sounds like Gino's gonna go. Gino, he's gonna go, but even if he's limited, I like where the 49ers mm-hmm. are at. I like where the 49ers are at, and Shanahan has Pete Carroll's number. You're not wrong about that. Which, who's your last one, Rusty? Well, the Rams have the Seahawks number, uh, as they proved last week. Uh, I'm not sure about the Cardinals, but those Cardinals are terrible, mm. and the Rams wow. are one point dogs at mm. Arizona. Uh, give me that road underdog. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good road dog? Right, I'm going to wrap this up with a real sicko bet. I am taking the over in Giants-Patriots. The line is 34. We have an Iowa-Nebraska line in the NFL. 34 is obscenely low. Gross. I mean. I'd take the under. I, I would, too, but I'm an idiot. So I'm going to take the over of 34 because that line feels way too low. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our picks for this week. We will check back next week to see how we did and where we stack up. But coming up next, we've got Jorgie on to talk Ducks Beeves. Coming up next, Danny and Dusty, Tanae the Fan. Call from mom. 
Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, she's all you'd ever want. She's the kind I'd like to flaunt and take to be. This is Rivalry Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by P.G. Long. On 1080 The Fan. Online ahead of the, well, maybe last Civil War? Dang. I, I, That's I, sad, man. Jorgy, thanks for taking some time for us today, man. We appreciate you. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. How's How are you doing? Doing awesome. Can't wait for Friday to get here. Can't wait for food to get here tomorrow. You know? <laughs> yeah, you I know mean, me. That's a big I, thing. I like to hit the food line a little early, uh, as you yeah. well know. But but okay, okay. <laughs> so I need to just real quick. I don't I don't want to waste too much of you guys' time not talking football. But you weren't you weren't able to join us last week down yeah. in Tempe, and we missed you. Great weather and everything else that went with it. But our engineer that filled in for Joey that went down on the field, AJ Untermeyer. Yeah went directly to the Fox broadcast team food line, just like you did. <laughs> See? Just like you. <laughs> See? When you... First road game, and he goes right to the Fox. He comes in, and he says, man, have you guys tasted this spaghetti and meatballs? And there's these great big meatballs and spaghetti and French bread. And we go out there, and it was like roadkill meat of something, some sort of sandwich <laughs> when we get ready to go. That's not the Fox line. So, yeah, it must be the first time, you know. Road trip is where everybody goes is to the Fox broadcast team line. And then we go there and we get kicked out. You go there, you get the food. You spot the good food. They've seen you guys around before. They know. They've seen you guys around before. They know when you're coming. Uh, You know, we've been talking about this. This is a big storyline. You are attached to this rivalry because not only did you play in it, but you're a guy who's from the state of Oregon. And, you know, this could be the last game for the foreseeable future between Oregon and Oregon State. You know, what does this rivalry mean to you, being a guy from the state of Oregon who played in it and and seeing that this could be the last of 127 of these games that we've had? You know, uh, the thing that the the things that bug me about it, which it'll get started up again. I mean, I just don't. I yeah. can't imagine that it's not. And frankly, what the guys did this week with getting the Apple Cup for the next four or five years scheduled out, it just tunes up the pressure. So it'll get done. But it's the lifeblood of, of football in this state. You know, back when I played in the '80s and even in the '90s, when there were a ton more Oregonians on both teams, it was a true in-state rival in the the, the biggest senses. Not just the two state schools going against each other, Oregon, Oregon State, but 50% of the teams, it seemed like, were made up of, of Oregon natives that played 
field football in the state of Oregon going at each other. And so, you know, at that time it had a lot of meaning to it, and it still has a ton of meaning to it, particularly because of how these two teams have progressed with their programs, the successes they've had, uh, playing at times for a berth either in the Rose Bowl or in the Pac-12 championship game. You know, it was very close to being the winner of this game, goes to play Washington type of situation. You know, and a, a great game by the Beavers last week and a tough loss against uh, Washington. But, you know, the things that Jerry mentioned today on our show that we did with Joey McMurray is, you know, that Pac-12 logo is not going to be on the field anymore. Oh. This is the last game for the Pac-12 logo to show up down there. So it's big in a lot of ways, going to miss it as a league game, but uh, they'll get it back on the schedule when they need to. They better. So That's exactly where I wanted to go with this. What does it mean to you to be, to be there on the call for, for the last call of this of this conference? Well, I mean, I, I kind of want to get sad and, and emotional about it a little bit, and, and it's disappointing that it's not going to be a Pac-12 or a league game anymore. But, you know, my belief is and my optimism is these two teams are going to be playing, even if it's in the month of September, like Iowa and Iowa State and some of the other teams do. And so you'll still have, you know, the Civil War being played. It won't seem like the same if it's not, not around Thanksgiving. You know, it's just part of the Thanksgiving deal, like the Detroit Lions and everything else that goes with it. I mean, it, it just seems like that that's what it's supposed to be. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really that emotional about it because I know these teams are going to play each other again just in a different circumstance. You know, let's talk about this game and in this matchup and how, how these two square up against each other because, you know, for the past two decades, it has been, you, you can look at Oregon, you could say from a recruiting standpoint, the talent has always been there. But look, the Beavs, <laughs> Beavs have won a lot of these games in, in this rivalry where talent doesn't matter. You can throw those things out when uh, you have a rivalry game. One thing that I think is vastly different from especially last year to this year's game is Oregon has afforded itself a, a rare luxury in guys not having to play in the fourth quarters or heck most of the second halves for the starting units Oregon is a lot more healthy heading into this game can you really like I've been trying to wrap my head around this can you quantify what it really means to to the Ducks not to be playing late into games and grinding out um fourth quarters well, you just hit on a big piece of it right there. I mean, just from the standpoint of the health of the team, really, I mean, if you said to me, name some of the players that are injured and aren't going to play in this game, Noah Whittington's the only guy I can think of. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. He's the only guy I can think of, and there's probably some others, but because of the depth and the health of this team, when they're not having to play a ton of guys in the middle of the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter, it's it's really helped them out a ton, and it's going to help them going forward. And, you know, obviously what's going to help the game this year, too, unlike last year, is you're going into the game with a, a full-go Bo Nix. And he played pretty well in Corvallis last, last year when the Beavers came back and won that game. But now you've got healthy people at every single position on offense and defense. The defense is better. They're deeper. They're going to go against a really talented Oregon State team that just plays hard-nosed football. They got NFL type of guys along the offensive line, uh, at the defensive ends in the secondary with you know Oladapo in particular and Achille Arnold. Um, I mean, it's just it's a legitimate game between two what feels like to me top ten teams because of the talent and the way they play. And you know, unfortunately, the the margin between 
three losses, two losses, and one loss, or no losses is slim. And Oregon State has felt that, and Oregon has felt that. So it's it's tough in those losses when you, you lose those close ones, but at the same time, it just shows you the level that Oregon State is at. And obviously, we've been able to see it with our own, own eyes for Oregon. Jorgie, one of the things Dusty and I have been talking about today in the lead up to the game is this is going to be the most balanced attack that Oregon has probably faced all season. They're, they're, it's not the most prolific uh, quarterback play. It's without a doubt the best running back or running game they've seen. When you look at this game, what what are the things that the, 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 the what, I don't want to say causes for concern, but the challenges and opportunities that this is going to present for Oregon this week? Well, uh, you know, the, 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 the X factor to me, and yet it's not a guy that necessarily gets his name called all the time. I think Velling is a really good tight end. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and you, you know, you've got some pretty good wide receivers, no doubt about that, with Bolden and Gould. And you've got two great running backs with Martinez and Fenwick. And really that's what said, sets things up for Uwe Ungalale and even Aiden Childs when he plays, is that run game has to be successful for those guys to be able to do things with you. But, I just feel like Jack Belling is the X factor in this game. If he has three or four big catches, a couple of touchdowns and that type of deal on offense, it's going to be really tough to stop this Oregon State offense because when they get in groove and get in rhythm, they just bleed you to death. You know, four yards, three yards, four yards, move the chains. Four yards, one yard, six yards, move the chains. You know, dump it out in for a little wide receiver screen for eight yards, get stuffed at the line of scrimmage, third and two, snap at the Uli Ungalale who gets in behind Fenwick or whoever and in behind Josh Gray and goes for three yards and a first down. And if you get into a situation of a tight game where they possess the ball like they do and you're not getting your offensive possessions and you're not putting points on the board and that type of deal, you can get a little queasy. And that's the type of thing that can happen in this game just with the style of football that Oregon State plays, and they do it great. You've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in your time calling games for Oregon, whether it's Akili Smith, Joey Harrington, uh, Marcus Mariota, Dennis Dixon. I mean, you go down the line, Justin Herbert, you've seen all of them. You've seen the great, a lot of the greatest quarterbacks in Oregon history. But what Bo Nix is doing right now is it's absolutely ridiculous. stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the development of him. What has been the next gear that he has been able to hit, in your opinion? Like, what have you seen that is different from last year to this year? Because he's rewriting the record books. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's not running for as many yards this year and doesn't need to, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a good thing, frankly, because Mm -hmm. that's I think what has kept him so healthy is he's not had to run for four or five hundred yards and you know fifteen touchdowns because of how productive everything else has been, but. You know, to me, Dusty, it's the it's the mastery of this offense. Mm. It, it is just his brain and the way it functions and the way that he sees the field and the repetition that he goes through and, and the habits that he goes through and the study of the film and what to check to in certain plays and who's going to be number one, number two, number three, and the rhythm that he gets into. But to, to me, it's just the mastery of this offense. He knows where people are going to be. He studies the film and knows the way the defense is going to line up. Yeah, they'll catch you off guard every once in a while, disguise something to maybe fool you, but not very often. He gets Oregon out of bad plays into good plays. And then you've heard that Dan Lanning talk about it. There's just so many plays that they come to the line of scrimmage, and it's not a good play, and he immediately checks out of it, and they're like, okay, go with it type of deal because he knows what he's doing. So to me – it's the mastery of this offense that just makes him makes him so quick in his decision making. It's uh, it's a repetition thing. You remember that playing football? 
you're, if you're not thinking about the play and can just react, everything happens so much quicker. And his reaction time to a good decision is almost right every single time. And so, you know, the biggest thing I guess to tell you about this game is, you know, I look at this game and what Chatfield and McCartan and some of those guys can do along the defensive line for Oregon State to not allow Bo Nix to get into rhythm because he's been protected so well he gets into a rhythm, and that rhythm just allows him to survey the field, to go to his safety valves. If all of a sudden you cut a second or a second and a half off with an Oregon State team that has a ton of sacks and a ton of pressures, all of a sudden your brain doesn't have a chance to just relax and make decisions. You've got to make quick decisions or tuck it and run. And that's what's going to be a little different, I think, for this Duck offense in this game against Oregon State. We're joined by Mike Jorgensen, radio analyst for the Oregon Ducks, ahead of the Oregon-Oregon State Civil War game Friday afternoon, which you can find here. Uh, kickoff at 5.30. A, a wonderful, wonderful Friday kickoff. Uh, the, the palaces down in the, uh, the wonderful desert of Las Vegas have this as a 14-point spread and a 62.5-point over-under line. I feel like those two things are kind of incongruent in the sense of if it's going to be a higher scoring affair for for, the, for those wondering, yes, that's more than double the Iowa-Nebraska line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it also has a, has a big spread for Oregon. And I, I think Oregon is, is the better team here, obviously, but I think stylistically it's going to make this a tighter game. And if you look at over the last four years as Jonathan Smith has gotten the Beavs kind of up to speed, that this game has been close. Stylistically, how do you think this game is going to come down? Is this going to be throw the records out, throw the the... the the uh, the numbers the Ducks have put up this year and, and just kind of know that this is brother against brother and it's going to get ugly? Or is this a game that, that you know, that Oregon could put a real stamp on this as they they head to a Pac-12 title game? I just don't see Oregon State letting Oregon do what they've done offensively to a majority of the teams this year. I just don't. I think Oregon's going to have to be really efficient with their possessions. They can't have a bunch of three and outs and then put it, back in Oregon State's hands. And like I said, just they just drip bleed you to death with their offense and the way they do things. And then you begin to panic, maybe start to make throws and force things that you wouldn't normally do. But I just – 14 points to me is ridiculous. I can see both these teams, you know, getting to 30 points and getting into the 30s or 30, you know, 30-something 30 to 20-something. So if that's what, what the over-under would be type of situation, I could see that. But a two-touchdown favorite in this game with as good as Oregon State has played – their three losses by the amount of points and who they've lost to, particularly with Arizona and Washington. You know, the Washington State one was an unfortunate one, but mm-hmm. um, I just don't see that. And, I, and Oregon State is too good to me on defense to allow Oregon to go up and down the field and score four, you know, six touchdowns in a first half type of situation. I mean, that's not going to happen. That hardly ever happens in any game, but it's just not going to be a wild game to me because of the way these two teams play. And Oregon's defense, too. They're good. Yeah. They're they're good. These two defenses are really good. So, yeah, I, I, the over under it's going to be close. Fourteen points, no way. I just think it's going to be a slugfest. Get after each other, and everybody's going to appreciate a really good football game, regardless of the result. All right, Georgie. Well, thanks for joining us, and have a great call Friday. We appreciate you, and we'll uh, we'll check back in with you after after the game, probably next week, as we know what the uh, what's going to line up for the Ducks going yeah. forward. Okay, guys, thanks for having me on. Have a good afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Jorgie. Thanks, Jorgie. One of the best. He's oh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely, he's I mean, awesome. Jerry, Jerry, you're a great man. Look, man, yeah. I, I, I may They're have the nicest. I, I may have my uh, my biases, but I love those guys. Yeah, they're they, fantastic. They are. <laughs> I've never heard anybody man. say a sideways word about either of those humans. No, they're 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 awesome. And uh, look, they've you think about the games that they have called. I know they've been they, around for so long, man. They have called 
most of Oregon's bowls in the history of the program. Of the program. Like, like, yeah. like most of the bowl games it's that Oregon's ever been in. 35 and 37 years? 30, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for each of them. And that, you think going back, I mean... It, they've seen they've seen the ascension of this program, yes. and I, I think that that uh, that's why I love talking to these guys around games like these because especially with the history of of Oregon and Oregon State and you know Georgie being an Eastern Oregon boy mm-hmm. being from Ontario you know this game means a ton and yeah it means a whole hell of a lot to these guys who have grown up in this state and are are playing and there's some guys that like it's not what it used to be it's not you know how the the number of local guys no. that they used to have. But, uh, you know, it's not like a game where when you had Kellen Clemens and Derek Anderson squaring off where they were both playing each other in high school state championship games and then they play each other in the Civil War, you know. It's not like that, but you still have a lot of big-time players. Sure. You know, like Patrick Herbert is a great great one, you know, who are from the state of Oregon and are going to make this mark. Yeah, and they're trying to make this mark on this game. No, it's going to be fun. And with that, we'll, we'll take a quick break. And we'll come back and put our final stamp on the what could be the last Civil War for a little while. But first, here's a big kahuna with Sports Center update. You ever had a big kahuna burger? This is Rivalry Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by PG Long on 1080 The Fan. The official college football playoff rankings were released, and there was a change. But uh, as I argued enough yesterday that drove Dusty insane, the reasoning behind what they're doing is not consistent, and I don't like it. Oh, sure it is. Well, uh, yeah, I think it is consistent because the the Huskies got that other win under their belt, right? If, if they're going to still give Florida State credit for week one win over LSU, then the second win by Washington should be good enough, right? Because Washington's resume is as good as anybody in the country. They, again, I will, until something radically different happens, yeah. I will believe that Washington right now has the best resume in the country. Well, if you look at the strength of record in college football, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, it's a really weird thing to kind of think about, but mm-hmm. it's your opponents. Washington's number one in the country. Yes. Ohio State is number two. They have four top 25 wins, three on the road. Uh, Michigan is third, Florida State fourth, Georgia's fifth, Texas sixth, Bama seven, Ole Miss eight, and then Oregon is in at nine. And we've been talking about this. How are Michigan and Ohio State that high? Uh, Because of their opponents' win-loss records. If, If you go down... And you just look at it; they both be like they they got teams in the Big Ten that have a lot of wins, right? Because they're, are they sexy? No. no, and they're and they're 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 outside of those two teams. That conference is is cheeks, it is booty. It it is is booty. But um, if you look at what the committee said to us yesterday about why. I thought it was going to be because Jordan Travis injury, because they do take into account injuries. They tell yes. us they take them into account, but this is what Boo Carrington, NC State's North uh, Athletic Director, and the, uh, what is he, the chairman of the College Football Playoff Committee, this is, he said, the reasoning, Washington jumped Florida State. Well, I mean, it was all about Washington. It was nothing, but, you know, it wasn't like Florida State did anything wrong, right? You know, and that's the thing. We don't make these decisions based strictly on one team. It's around, you know, 
the people that are around them and where they are. And, you know, a, a good win, a really good win by Washington at Reeser Stadium, you know, against an Oregon State team that's averaging 36 points a game. You know, they scored 20. You know, as we looked at the defense um, from Washington, you know, particularly earlier in the year in the game with Arizona State, the game with Stanford, you know, I think the committee uh, wanted to see a little bit more. I know they did, um, and they've delivered week over week. They're 11-0 and 0, uh, with some really good wins, and, and uh, therefore they moved to number four. Look, just tell us the truth, too, and say Jordan Travis's injury is a large part. They were splitting hairs on four and five last week, and the week before that and the week before that, Jordan Travis gets hurt. That hair's a lot easier to pull, and now you have – Washington in at four. That's the truth, and that should be good enough. Florida State still has a way to get in, right? You take care of your business. You go undefeated. You sh- you will have a resume bump when you beat Florida, which the the playoff committee is probably going to give them a ton of credit for, even though they, they shouldn't get a ton of credit for beating Florida. And if they beat Louisville, they'll say, hey, you got a top 10 win against the Louisville Cardinals as well and because Louisville is 10th. They can they can find their way in too, and we'll have no one lost teams in. But they just got to take care of their business, and they got two tough ones to finish out the year. The thing that the committee is trying to do here, and it's the most blatant thing of all time, and it really bothers me. Mm-hmm. They're propping up the SEC. Yes, I mean, in a way that you just sit there and you're like, the SEC is down this year. We can yeah. say it's down this year, but they got really good top end talent. Georgia is. Back to being Georgia. Bama is really damn good. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is a really good two-loss team. Outside of that, they're giving LSU. The conference is buns outside of that this year. It, it just is. They are the top-ranked three-loss team. Tennessee is in at 21. Mm-hmm. They are 7-4 and four on the year. They should not be there. They're not good. Tennessee lost to Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida is awful. Yeah, they are. They lost to Alabama by two scores. They lost to Missouri by 29 points. Jeez. And then they lost to Georgia by 28 points this past weekend. They lost by 28 to Georgia. It's not that they've lost these games. They haven't even been close. We're not, it's not even close. It's non-competitive. It's two touchdowns in every single one of their losses, and one of them is to Florida, albeit early in the year. But again, we saw Florida was not good early in the year. They lost by two scores at Utah. So I I sit there and I look at it. To a Utah team missing quarterbacks. And I just throw my hands up and go, I don't know know what to do. But all they're trying to tell you is it's going to bolster the SEC, Mm -hmm. if not for the playoff, for the New Year Six Bulls, mm-hmm. and that to me, this is, is the inconsistency malarkey. that I'm talking about, man. Well, this is what bothers no, me. But it's not inconsistent. They're very consistent in it, in that they find a way to justify their top teams, and they do it by backloading the top 25, and that has been very consistent. You just, if you can just get, and this is what Barty says, if you can get over the fact that they use a lot of different metrics. Mm-hmm. Do you find anything wrong with what they have up top? No, my my and issue, that, and that that's what the goal is, right? My issue is the, they're 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 going sleight of hand. Yeah, look over here, look over here, look over here. Just be honest about what you're doing. And they can't be. But why? They can't be. Why? Because then everybody knows how the sausage is made. Yeah, 
Yeah. You don't want to know. I do. You don't want to know. Because, look, all the other, it, the fact of the matter is that this is better than what the computers did. It is. It is better than what the computers did because they're talking this out and there are things that your eyes can tell you that the metrics won't. Sure. And, like, Georgia being at number one is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. Like the, they were a diesel engine. They got warmed up. Yep. The computer doesn't account for a new offensive coordinator and a brand new quarterback. They are completely different than they were at the beginning of the year, and the metrics will skew it a little bit because of game control and things like that, where they were winning games, right? But it didn't look as pretty as it did last year. That team is the best team in the country right now. Georgia is. Yeah. Georgia is. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't argue that. The metrics wouldn't tell you that Oregon is sixth because Texas went to Alabama and beat Bama. Right, but mm-hmm. but the metrics don't know that Quinn Ewers isn't the quarterback and Malik Murphy was, right? They, they they the computers don't, but we all know it and we all see it that they're a different team, and I I think that what they're doing with Alabama is they're doing what the people would want, right? Hey, Texas is above Alabama. They beat them on the road in their house. Alabama is playing better football right now than a lot of teams in this country. And I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm just going to say it again, like I said yesterday. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, but they're a different team, though. Sure. We know they are. We, like, that game, that early in the air, mm-hmm. means again, very little. I just I just want there to be consistency yeah. in what they are saying. Oh, yeah. And they won't. Yeah, they like, won't. Like, Jordan Travis is not impacting it. Well, shut up! <laughs> they didn't do anything to, to, to say that they, that they should fall back. <laughs> Like Jordan Travis is not impacting, but Washington's going to make the one spot leap. But it's yeah. like if 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 resume counted for anything, Washington would be the number two team in the country. But period, it, point blank. Absolutely. But we we were seeing what Michigan is doing. Michigan's dismantling teams. And look, Maryland was a little dicey. But, know, yeah, I, I've said this all along. Like we've criticized Ohio State because it doesn't look like the same offense. Mm-hmm. Go look at what they do to teams. Yeah, they've been absolutely bludgeoning the bad teams, just absolutely dismantling them, which is what you're supposed to do. It is. So it you is. can't you can't technically hold against them. And that they're, they're win- not. They're winning. That they're not bludgeoning the bad teams. Hell yeah. So yeah, it's it, it, you just take care of your business. I'm just saying, go blue. <laughs> okay, there you go. Oh, we got a Michigan fan here. <laughs> we got a Michigan fan here. The guy who worked in intelligence for the Air Force is okay with stealing signs. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Have better OPSEC. <laughs> I love it. Get your football OPSEC up. That's all go. I'm going to say. All right, coming up next, we will uh, wrap up this week's show uh, and p- make our picks ahead of uh, Oregon, Oregon State, and then get you guys off Ooh, to... And pl- Apple Cup. We need Apple and Cup. And Cup. And get you guys off to primetime before uh, we all move off for our wonderful Thanksgiving. This is Rivalry Week with Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by PG Long. On 1080 The Fan. Shut up. All right, it's Civil War and Apple Cup time. The Apple Cup will continue, but this may be the last Civil War for a little while. So which way are we going? Uh, I I think Oregon. I think Oregon in this one. um, I think it has the ability to be a really close game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does. But when we, as we were talking with Georgie, we were talking about the health of the Oregon Ducks mm-hmm. heading into this one as compared to last year. Remember, Bo Nix uh, hobbled with that ankle, and he is fully healthy. 
and he has more weapons than he's had before. And um, the defense is quite different and built quite differently, but it's going to be a rivalry game. I don't like the 14-point line, but I like I like the Ducks to win this game. Um, it could get out of hand if, if all of that talent does kind of stay on track. Mm-hmm. I could see that happening, but um, I have a feeling it'll be closer. It's a rivalry game, yeah. man. Uh, I I am going to take the Ducks. I am going to take the Beavers to cover. Taking the Beavers to I, cover. I, I think they. I think this is within ten. Okay. I, yeah. think, I think it's a two yeah. score game, but it's it's a two score and like the squint to see it. Yeah. Uh, we got the Apple Cup too. Washington State, a big win. They needed that one heading into the Apple yeah. Cup, but they're running into a buzzsaw against number four Washington. Yeah, I, I love know. you, Cougs. Uh, yeah. So Never Cougs we didn't like, right? But uh, win or lose, you still booze. This is the the losing booze. If Washington drops this, oh, buddy. But look. But it's a rivalry game. Nobody has ever gone undefeated in Pac-12 play. History on the line for the the Huskies. This is a big one. Um, Hey, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Um, I'm thankful for you two idiots that sit in here with me every day. Hey, you two, buddy. Um, I love you guys. And everybody... Everybody else out there, too. I appreciate y'all. I mean, you guys make this job so damn fun. I am thankful for every one of our damn listeners. You guys are the best in the world. Um, So we will see you. I'll see you on Friday. You two chuckleheads. See everybody on Monday. Have a great holiday. Uh, Up next, primetime with Isaac and Souk. Four hours of power from their mouths to your ears. A Souk and Schultz edition today. Have a great one, everybody. Mm, bye. I could fit more in there, and you're like, no, I can't, but I could have a few olives. I just shove my pie hole and stay quiet. Coming at me fast and furious today. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.